I just wanted to pray that we would uh, that we'd pray that this 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 hurricane does not get crazy and does not get um, out of hand. And let's just pray for God's hand to calm this hurricane and that that it doesn't increase in power, but it just continues to die down in power. Can we do that? Oh, Lord, we lift up to you um, everybody that is nervous, that's worried, um, and um, we pray that you first comfort them. God, it seems like uh, everything's going to be okay. And no matter what, God, ultimately everything will be okay because you are in charge. Uh, God, but we do lift up Hurricane Douglas, and we pray that it just continues to wind down, that it continues to not be powerful, that it continues to um, not gain any steam at all. And we pray that uh, it's just a mild tropical storm and that, uh, and that it just passes by. And so, Lord, we know that you are in charge of everything, and we lift this up to you and pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Well, well, uh, like I said the last three weeks or so, I guess this is week four now, being on site and online, we just ask that you just leave your face mask on, and, um, uh, you know, there's enough distance between the singers and myself in the front row where the virus can't spread. So just a simple uh, uh, request there. So, wow, here we are in the middle of a uh, global pandemic. And then, uh, you know, th- that, like that storm, like, like as if that storm's not big enough, um, that uh, this pandemic is growing. There's like 4 million people now who have uh, had the has, who have had or has the coronavirus, and uh, numbers have doubled in just the last six weeks. And then now, you got this hurricane, and we're like wondering, wow, how many storms can we take at once? It's like adding insult to injury uh, with, with this, this hurricane coming in, but we're praying that it just continues to die down, it continues to be mellow, but, but it's like one thing after another. Uh, but doesn't that life feel like that sometimes when it's just one thing after another and you're asking yourself, when is this going to end? And you're like, God, like how much more can I, can I take? If you've ever asked yourself that question, the apostle Paul asked himself that same question because the Apostle Paul had been through a lot, but, but then the account we're going to look at of the Apostle Paul's life is two weeks where he's in a physical, like literal storm on a boat, wondering, God, what is going on here? And we're going to look at this account from the Apostle Paul. He spent, prior to this, he spent two years in prison, and he was unfairly uh, thrown in prison, and this was at the point when he got fed up with everything going on, and he appealed to his citizenship. He says, I'm a citizen of Rome. I appeal to Caesar. When you appeal to Caesar, that's the ruler of, of Rome. You go to the ruler of Rome. And so he got on a, on a ship to go to Caesar to, to, to plead his case before the ruler of Rome, and, and that's exactly what happened. So he gets on this ship, and, and, uh, and they're halfway through this journey or so. He tells, uh, he tells the captain, or he tells the, the captain of the guard, he says, listen, 
I know that the captain is, is thinking about getting, um, sorry, it's, it's kind of loud. Um, <laughs> loud. Me, I'm not loud. Um, so he tells the captain of the guard, like, hey, I know we're planning on going and to go around the Mediterranean Sea, but, but I'm telling you, the Lord told me not to do that because we're going to be in nothing but trouble. The ship is going to be shipwrecked. We're going to be in trouble. It's going to be disastrous. But the the leaders of the, the ship, the captain, the captain of the guard, they didn't listen to him. They kept going. And then for two weeks, they were in this violent hurricane-type storm, and they're for two weeks just trying to survive out by themselves in the middle of the ocean in this, in this boat that has like over 200 people in it trying to survive. And Paul's thinking to himself, what is going on? Can you relate? Here he is. Paul's in prison mistreated in prison. Here he is, gets a word from the Lord. People don't listen to him. And now he is in this battle for his life. And then not only that, but then the boat ends up shipwrecking and they end up to go on this island. And on this island, he starts to put firewood on the fire and then he gets bit by this poisonous snake. It's like, it's like one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And even on the, on the ship, we're, we're going to get to it in a second. Uh, when he's on this, 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 this ship, he's like, Lord, where is the hope? What's going on here? So if you've ever felt like you're at your wit's end, if you've ever felt like, like you're, you're, you're just wondering, God, what are you doing in all of this? God, what? Like, you're not alone. The Apostle Paul has felt that. And this is pretty much, pretty much like the pinnacle of um, probably his, his uh, turmoil in terms of physical turmoil uh, that we see in Scripture. And uh, Pastor Jerry uh, helped me with the, with the outline here, and I want to give credit to him on that. And he says this, I'm going to quote him. Yet despite going from one crisis to another to another, Paul demonstrated that it's possible to not only cope with, but actually conquer the crisis we face. It is our hope that we will get beyond our crisis and that we'll be able to conquer it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and as you see in Acts 27 to 28, um, taking some just themes from, from these passages, that we could conquer these crises if we're honest, if we're helpful, and if we're hopeful. Honest, helpful, and hopeful. So let's first talk about being honest. In Acts chapter 27, verses 9 to 10, uh, we read this. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. About halfway through the journey, the ship's captain had a tough decision to, to, to make. And the tough decision to make was this, was, was he going to continue going or were they going to, to camp out for three months there? And that would mean that they'd be three months behind schedule. And the captain was like, nah, we're going for it. All right, let's go, mates. Or I don't know, whatever captains would say back then. I don't know what they said. But it sounded like he would say something like that, right? Yeah, okay. Um, 
And then, and then there's this violent storm. And what we see, though, is that Paul is honest with the situation. Paul speaks truth to those in charge. In Acts 27, verses 26 to 31, uh, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So what's happening is that the, the, the captain decided to go, and then he gets up and he says, here's the deal. If these men don't stay, the ship is going to be destroyed. and It's not going to be saved. And so Paul, during the storm, was encouraging. Paul, during the storm, could have, uh, could have um, rubbed it in, so to speak, that he was right and they were wrong. But he had their best interests in mind. There was a crisis going on, but Paul was still honest about the situation. He was honest about the destination of the boat, saying, if this boat leaves this port right now, it's going to be shipwrecked. He was honest about that. He was honest about the fact that if the soldiers, uh, uh, the sailors leave, that, that everyone will die. He was honest about that. He was trustworthy. Why? He had everyone's well-being in mind. He cared for, for everyone. And so if we want to conquer the crisis that we're in, we need to be honest, and first we need to be honest with ourselves. We have to be really honest with ourselves. What is really going on in the side, inside of us? And, and there's a temptation, I think, to ignore what's going on. There's a temptation to just uh, gloss over it. There's a temptation to say, no, nah, nothing's really going on, to pretend nothing is wrong. But if we want to conquer a crisis, we've got to be honest with ourselves. And then if we want to conquer a crisis, we've got to be honest with others. Because once we've taken a realistic view in our lives and, and what's going on in our own lives, then we can be honest with others and have a clearer perspective of what's going on in someone else's life. Like Paul, he had this balance of truth and love, Right? He told them this is what's going to happen, but he did it in a loving way, even though they didn't listen to him, and they ended up being in the storm. And Ephesians tells us to speak the truth in love, and that's what Paul did. So we've got to be honest with ourselves, and we need to be honest with others. Let's be honest. Then we see that Paul was helpful. If we want to defeat the storms and the crisis in our lives, we've got to be helpful. In the middle of the storm, while he was on board the ship, Paul was praying and encouraging others. They were in a storm for two weeks. Now, think about this. They were in a storm in the middle of nowhere for two weeks. That's just this hurricane-type storm just going. Your anxiety level is here for two straight weeks. I don't know about you, but that would drive me crazy. They're not eating. They're not drinking their water. They're, they're, they're just so nervous. Every single second of their life, they're thinking, am I going to die? When is this boat going to fall apart? But Paul stood up. He wasn't rude. He wasn't vengeful for them not listening to him. But he offers them encouraging words. And Paul wasn't just a talker. Because what we see is the moment that they ended up on land, Paul got right to work. 
And then you had 276 people on board this ship. And once they got on to the shore, once the, the shipwreck hap happened, Paul could have given up and said, Lord, I've tried. Lord, you've given me all these words of knowledge, all these words of wisdom, but Lord, I'm done. But he didn't. He encouraged the men. He got up and he started helping them with what was going on. He started building a fire to warm them up. Even though he was exhausted, even though he was worn out, even though he was at his wit's end. Again, have we felt like that? Again, has there been a time in our lives when we were just done? When we're like, why is everything so bad happening to me? This is what was going on in Paul's life. Two years in prison, mistreated. Then nobody's listening to him, even though the Lord has given him these words of wisdom. And then they have a shipwreck. And then two weeks are in this violent storm. And then he gets thrown out onto the shore. And then he's like, what is going on? Then he gets bit by this poisonous snake. If you've ever been in your wit's end, the Apostle Paul identifies with you. Acts 28, verse 3. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on its hand. What a weird way to say that. <laughs> it fastened itself on the hand. It just like chomped down on his hand and injected poison into him. We'll come back to that in a second, because that's a the craziest part. There, in verse 7, there was an estate nearby and belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Dysentery? Dysentery. I knew it was going to be like all mess up my head. You all know what I mean. Suffering from something that people suffered from back then. So Paul went to see, can we just edit that part out? That'd be great. Just like, have like the voiceover, you know? <laughs> and then match the, the new voiceover with my lips. So it's actually, anyways, okay. All right. Paul went to him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. But Paul not only got up, but in the process of collecting firewood, he was bitten by this poisonous snake. But he still kept going. And when you and I are in the storm, let's not give up. When you and I are in a storm, let's continue moving forward. Let's have Jesus there in the midst of the storm so that we can move forward. Let's, let's invite Jesus into our crisis, into our storm, so that we have the power to move forward. And that's what Paul did. He gets bit then by this viper, and then all the islanders think that he's a god. At first, they thought that he, he was, you know, a crook. And they're like, oh, he's going to die now. The storm didn't kill him, but the snake's going to kill him. And then once they saw that, the Lord divinely protected him, they thought he was a God and started treating him as a God. And Paul was like, no, 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 no. I'm not a God, but I do serve the one true God who created everything. 
and who can bring protection and who is with us in our storms. And so, so, so we read that, that, that after that, he went and healed people. He reached out and prayed for publicists. Pub, is a weird name. It's, I'm having trouble enunciating names right now. It's okay. The sick father, and he was healed. When the word got around, the rest of the sick and the island came, and they were cured. If we want to conquer our crisis, if we want to conquer the storms that we're in, we need to be helpful. Paul didn't give up. The moment he was on shore, he started helping with the fire. Then he started healing people. He never stopped helping others and seeing, putting his eyes on other people. You know, granted, when we're in a storm, sometimes the last thing we want to do is help others because oftentimes our eyes go inward, don't they? Sometimes it's so hard just to see it past our situation as someone else's situation. But when we're in a crisis or when we're in a storm, oftentimes one of the best things we could do is to take our eyes off of ourselves for a while, put it on other people. Because when we put our eyes on other people, it helps us when we come back to reflect on our situation, it gives us perspective. It gives us um, a different way of looking at it. And it gives us encouragement. And, and sometimes it gives us inspiration to get past whatever struggle or crisis that we're going through. So we got a storm going on with the pandemic. We got this physical storm. We got storms of life. We got storms of everybody has a story here. And, and, and online, you have a story there. And if you're online, if you're in a storm, if you're online, just write, I'm in a storm, pray for me. I'm in a storm, pray for me. But if you want to get involved, if you want to say, you know, I would love to help somebody, something tangible, something I could do right now. We want to give you an opportunity to get connected with the Salvation Army. It's one of the uh, steps we could take. Right now, the Salvation Army, is um, their, their family service office is, is in need of volunteers to work with local families because many local families are facing the possibility of eviction or being unable to pay essential family bills, utility bills, rent bills, and volunteers are needed to collect information from these families, and then the volunteers will pass that information on to, to the staff at Salvation Army so the Salvation Army staff could uh, give them the appropriate need that they have. And all, all it takes is this, basic computer skills and a willingness to go to the downtown location, and, and this volunteer would be all behind the scenes. You're not going to be interacting, they tell us. You're not going to be interacting with anybody. It's going to be phones, computer, things like that. Uh, and, and, uh, and if you'd like to help in this way, if you're saying, yeah, I'd love to help somebody, uh, help them potentially not be evicted from their homes or help them with bills and things like that, like they need help immediately, um, contact Anna Stone, who's part of our church. The phone number is on there. It's uh, 44 or 469-7239. That's her, her cell phone. And then uh, you can email anna.stone at usw.salvationarmy.org. If you're saying, hey, I'd love to help that, email her tonight. If you're online, just email her right now and, uh, or text her right now. I think that's her cell. It might be her office. I don't know. Um, but call or uh, email and say, I, I want to I help. 
But in times of crisis, let's be helpful. In times of storms, sometimes it's, it's good to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto other people. It really puts our, our issues, our storm, our crisis into perspective. So then we see that Paul is hopeful. Let's be hopeful. In Acts chapter 27, verses 21 to 25, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I still and, and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. He's offering hope, isn't he? In the midst of a storm, Paul, the apostle, says that God told me this. God, the one who met him on the road to Damascus, the one that says, no, you're going to follow me now. He say, now God wants me to tell you this. You're going to be okay. That's providing hope. Just before dawn in Acts 27, just before dawn, Paul uh, urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Now... Not one, uh, rather, uh, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Despite all the stuff that Paul had been through, he still stood up and brought them hope because the Lord gave him a word and the Lord wanted to bring Hope to all the sailors and all the people on the ship. And that's exactly what Paul did. Paul was able to maintain a hopeful spirit. Paul's hope came from Jesus, who, who was his anchor. And because Jesus was his anchor, nothing was going to sink his hope. His hope was going to be, was permanent. And because of that, he was able to bring hope to everyone going through a struggle, a crisis, a difficult time. Paul was hopeful because his hope was in God. Paul's hope was in God. And he was able to bring hope to everybody else. May you and I be hopeful in the Lord. And may we realize our hope is in God. And may that hope be translated and given to other people to encourage, inspire them in their moment of storms, and their moments of crisis. So, how can we? If you're in a position to help others and serve others, then do it. If you're in a position where you need help, reach out and ask for help. Sometimes what happens is that we go through these storms, and when we do it with Jesus right there with us, we become stronger on the other side. And lots of times the storms that we go through end up becoming a ministry that we do. 
And so maybe you've already been through a storm. Maybe you've already been through a a huge crisis and the Lord has brought you through that. How are you using that experience for the kingdom of God? And maybe right now you just need to spend time in prayer and say, Lord, help me get through this storm. Help me get through this crisis and see what the Lord does in and through you. If you feel like you're at the end of your rope, don't lose hope. You are loved and God is still in charge. And the cross that we always go to is empty. And we can have hope that no matter what happens, we'll be with our creator for all eternity. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing and let's praise our Savior.